Welcome to Tag Me, a social media podcast. We'll be connecting with your favorite people and brands on social media to share their tips and best practices with you. My name is Audrey, and in this episode, we'll be learning how to build an online community and other social media-related tips from Katrina Scott, the co-founder of Tone It Up. She is also a New York Times best-selling author and body kindness advocate. If you're interested in her social tips, stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's learn a thing or two about social media. Let's welcome Katrina to the Tag Me podcast. Yay. Hi. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. So let's start out for some people listening that might not know you. Explain a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Who am I? (laughs) The question that I feel like all entrepreneurs are like, you know, we, we, stay up at night and we're like, who are we? Um, I feel like I started as a personal trainer um, and I became so much more because when you start a business, you actually have to wear every single hat in the world. But um, I went to school for exercise science. Uh, I love health and fitness and helping other women. Um, I grew up the, the heaviest girl in my elementary school. And so I actually discovered fitness at a pretty young age in about sixth and seventh grade. My dad transformed our basement gym or basement into a gym. Um, and then when I went to college for health and fitness, I loved teaching group fitness because I saw all these women making friends with each other and exercising and where girls that had never spoken to each other before started talking and were girls were in the same class with each other and never said anything. If they were in a fitness class together, they're like, Hey, you're in my whatever class. And then they would become friends. And so what I realized is that my passion, yes, was fitness, but it was really just bringing women together and forming community wherever you are, whether it's small community or large or whatever it is that you need and that support and also where you can give love. And so um, coming out of college, I started filming fitness videos and teaching group fitness. I did a lot of personal training as well, but I, I just felt like I know what my calling is. And so I started filming fitness videos. Uh, I was the first fitness expert on YouTube. Um, and we can talk about that too. Kind of, it's really scary being the first in doing something, especially when a new platform comes out and no one's on it yet. And you're like, should I go for it? Uh, and then, um, after reaching about 18 million views, I was like, okay, this is, I was way in over my head. (laughs) And at the time it was a completely different game not all the views were quality. I moved to uh, California to pursue filming fitness videos on the beach. I had been filming fitness videos uh, on the Charles River in Boston. If anyone's from the East Coast, it's like, it's just a little, it's actually called the dirty water. I was like, I, I'm envisioning something a little different for my fitness video. <laughs> but with this for now, I did a couple green screen things with another channel. Like it was just, I was like, okay. So um, I moved to California and um, I started teaching at every single gym that I could, personal training, um, filming. My husband got me my first uh, tripod and camera, and I was filming segments in my kitchen called um, Trainer in the Kitchen. <laughs> I thought that, that was really creative. Um, and then when I was at the gym, uh, I met my friend and business partner, Karina. And I am very forward. And I was like, we should film cooking videos together and do workout. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And then we did. And Tone It Up has grown. It's amazing. Um, But I think the biggest thing that was like fast track to who I am and how I ended up here. But it was, uh, it always started with that 
passion, that fuel that I wanted to help other women discover fitness the same way that I did and discover community with each other. Your motivation, your passion, and your determination to really just like help and inspire others and organically start from somewhere, right? And because that's how everyone um, who has a huge following started one day and just like figuring it out, recording videos in your kitchen and you know, doing things without a huge team in the beginning and all because you purely enjoyed it. You know, you were the first YouTube fitness instructor. So talk to me about what was that like? Did you feel a lot of pressure? How did you figure out how you were going to create those videos? Um, Because you didn't have someone else's YouTube video to like look to for inspiration or like how they were doing or what was working and what wasn't. So how did you figure all those things out? Um, luckily I, so I was personal training and teaching group fitness and in Boston, there was a channel. This is actually hilarious. They had a nutrition expert and it was Bethany Frankel. So shout out to her. She's listening and she was also on Bravo and we ended up having a Bravo show too. So it's weird. Um, but she was, um, no one knew who Bethany Frankel was. She was the nutrition person. She's cooking. And then, um, they were looking for a fitness person and I was like, I would love to create fitness videos. And they're like, okay, well, it's for this platform called YouTube. I was like, YouTube is just music. <laughs> and everyone was like, it's just music. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to, we would love to do this. And I really, really wanted to do fitness videos. And I don't even know what that, that looked like, like what DVDs, you know, you see all these DVDs at the stores. Um, and I remember, you know, just obviously like workout VH VHS tapes or whatever they're called. Um, and I was like, okay, I can do this. And so it was, um, luckily, and it, it was really cool. Kind of like how you explain where, um, I think we were talking off camera actually, before we started recording, it's like when you start seeing something and you see a team, you're like, oh, I could probably figure out how to do that on my own. And so there was a videographer and then there was a post-production team and I would kind of be, you know, asking questions, you know, what type of camera is that? Um, and then I would go to their office and see their editing. And I, I was really excited. So that's when I decided to start my own YouTube channel. And so it helped to, even though I couldn't see someone else doing YouTube videos, I experienced it where I had kind of the confidence of watching how, how they were actually doing it. And so even though I had no idea what it would turn out to be. And that's something to consider. If you, if you want to do something that no one is doing yet, it is nice to have support or to go see how other people might be doing something similar if, if it's brand new. And it's really scary if it's a space that no one's in yet because you're recording a video not knowing who's going to even receive it on the other end. It could be crickets or it could just be a bunch of internet trolls. <laughs> no, there's a lot of trolls at first. My dad was like, what is this? Like, why are there so many comments like this? But now it's more quality views. I'll get, um, you know, 40,000 views or 200,000 views, depending on what the piece of content looks like. And that's much higher quality than where it was in the very beginning, where you used to actually get a lot more views on YouTube um, when it first started. Yeah. Um, I want to get into how did your YouTube content evolve over time when you started to recognize how your content was performing, like what your audience was responding to? How have you seen that space and what you're creating evolve since your first video where nobody else was in your space to now so many people post fitness videos on YouTube? Talk to me about that. Yeah. If 
If you're looking to upload to YouTube, think of it as a search engine because that's that's what it is. So um, think about what people will actually search and exactly what you want to put out there. You don't have to be too um, creative with the title and creative with you know something fun and cute in the title. Literally make it literal. <laughs> what is someone going to search? Because that's what someone's going to be looking up. And then where you can get really creative is in the actual video. So if you want to name the workout or I'm saying workout because <laughs> that's what I do. But um, if you want to name the workout something really cute, name that in the video and get it going. But I think that that was something that um, was one of my biggest mistakes is naming these videos uh, something super creative. The only people that are going to find that are the people that already follow you or like vlog. Like vlog day in Hawaii and no one's searching that. Someone's searching advice from you. So put information out there at first that your audience will love and then start sprinkling in that nice lifestyle content or creative vlog in Hawaii. And then the people who are already part of your community will love getting to know you and connect with you. So I think that that's something that was one of the biggest learnings from the very beginning where whether it's Pinterest, um, even Instagram, because the algorithm, like they're pulling even what something says versus what the content, like if, if someone really, really, I'm going to use fitness as an example. If someone really loves fitness, then Instagram is going to obviously serve that person more fitness. If you go to your discover page, you can see how much it's learning about you. And so you do have to be a little more literal in your titles um, to make sure that you are found and then be really creative in your videos. Do the same thing with my podcast titles. I, if it's about say, monetizing off YouTube, I will Google search what most people look up on like how to monetize on YouTube. Um, how can a creator monetize on YouTube? And I'll pick the first thing that comes up to incorporate into my podcast title. It's so important for search engine optimization, like you said, to make sure that your titles are something that are frequently searched um, and that's easily accessible. I and mean, then if you want to get creative, do it in your description section, you know, or do it in, in your caption. So Great, great advice, but let's get into your online community. How did you build that? Uh, what came first? Like, was it, you know, your personal brand and then the Tone It Up brand, or did they both mutually work together to just explode into this big, engaged, inspiring community? This is something that I love talking about, um, just, you know, building community. And so there was a very, very intentional decision um, very early on to not name, uh, tone it up after my name or Karina's or any other trainer. It was like, you know, it's not like body by Karina and Katrina, or it's not, you know, it's not about us. And so I think to build community, when you brand a community, think about how you can add value to that person. And so I don't want anyone to ever look at me and, want just to change themselves how can they feel part of something as who they are and be their best selves so when someone comes to tone it up i want them to really you know not try to get body by someone else like how can they feel like that their best selves and how can we add value to her life and so at the end of the day at the end of the day, it's not about me or any trainer. It's, it's about her. And when you do that, and when you create community, you can help 
help women or if any men are listening to um, bring identify with your brand as their own identity. And so what happened very organically is women started creating Instagram handles uh, like TIU cat uh, TIU Audrey. And we didn't even tell people to do that at the very beginning. Um, but that was such a magical thing because although it was so intentional saying, okay, tone it up can be part of her identity and how she, um, is her best self. People were actually creating tone it up handles as their own identity. And that's, and that's something that's really, really neat. And, um, something that I'm really proud of too, like what we've created, um, because it's, it's for her. And so when you're creating community, Think about how you can serve others and how you can bring value to them and how they're going to want to tell their friends because then that's what happens. Everyone starts telling their friends and we didn't do any advertising or anything like that until um, probably uh, like maybe a year ago through like Facebook and stuff. Like I was like, oh. have to do this. And it's been around um, for like 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> it was all organic because a friend telling you about this amazing workout app is so valuable. And that's, and that to me is how you create and cultivate a community. The fact that tone it up was able to create such a powerful emotional connection between the brand and a community member to create a tone it up at whatever their name is handle is so incredible to me because the community is so big. How are you able to still make it feel so personal? Because you guys do that. How, how do you do that on social media with, especially cause you get so many comments, mentions, like yeah. you generated content. How do you manage all of it? I have been committed since day one to reading every single comment as much as I can. Um, and going through and looking at check-ins and our workout check-ins where someone op- uploads a photo and hashtags like TIE team or, and tags me and, text the brand. I'm like, literally, I feel like you could make any decision for your business and it could be the wrong decision if you're not listening to your community. And so I call it community intelligence. Do you have community intelligence on your own brand? And um, yeah, when you start growing your brand, you can of course hire, you know, social media experts, you can hire people over here and this and that. But you, you have to stick to your why and your why is actually the people who are part of your community. And so I think that, yeah, you can hire some great social media teams to do certain things that are more talented than you are at certain things. Like I'm like, can you take a cute flat leg? So I'm struggling over here, but um, you have to be on social and you have to see what people are saying. Because if we have a question tomorrow about where to take our brand, I feel like I know the answer. Yes, my gut tells me, but that gut, that answer is actually from the community. And that's from looking and searching and seeing. And that's why I think that you keep things feeling authentic and smaller, even as you grow, because everyone still wants that feeling like you're listening and that they're acknowledged and that you're watching. And I am. So I think that that's how I, I could, I, I could hire anyone to do maybe, you know, finance, videography, photography, um, social media management, maybe, but I will never replace that um, looking and seeing and listening to the community. And I know a lot of really great people 
that are have that have massive communities um, and podcasts that are in like tens of millions, and they say the same thing. They say they don't even have time to read books because they're reading uh, what their what their community is saying. And I think that that's really important. Yeah, well, what better thing to read than what your community has to say and what they're asking of you? Because like you said, it's important to stick to your why and, you know, the mission of your brand. And it's so neat to see how social media has really helped you guys expand in so many ways, like from your products, which I'm a huge fan of the chocolate flavor protein powder, Obsessed. Um, and also the app. So would you say that social media played a big part in really helping you guys build and expand the brand? Yeah. So the protein, um, we first started, I, I mean, Karina and I were getting endorsement offers from a ton of companies. And at the time we weren't making any money. Um, even now we're still investing hundred percent back into the company, even sometimes more than hundred percent, like, well, and which is, I think that that's really important for a lot of business owners or anyone that wants to start a business to know that even 12 years in, we're still investing hundred percent of what we make back into growing the community and making, um, tone it up, serve everything that she could ask for. And so, um, when we were approached by a lot of companies, we knew that our community was asking, well, what type of protein, what type of protein do you trust? And, you know, and we really wanted to create something that was plant-based and we didn't know how. And that's where my husband, Brian stepped in and he was like, I can help. Like we can do this because we really didn't want to, um, you know, recommend any proteins out there that we didn't feel like we could stand behind the ingredients. And that's when we started doing it. And Brian's still, he's actually out right now doing all of our product development. And he, there's like, I think 30 different products now that uh, Brian has uh, helped us innovate. And it's really cool because every single one of those has been a community idea. And I'll see, I'll see a few times where someone will say, you know, I wish that you had uh, vitamin C gummies. And someone else will say, oh, that'd be so good because, you know, as we're coming up in the fall, it'd be really great. And then I'll see, you know, another 20 people agree. I go to Brian, like they want vitamin C gummies. Yeah, that was only 20 women that I saw that. But if, if we can make a difference in 20 people's lives, like we can do that more. And so um, I'm always looking. So yes, 100% social media is the reason why we've been able to strategize like our strategy is well what does the community want and then we make it happen I love that I love that so much community first based on um, the amount of social media activity you have from your personal and brand accounts is there a platform you cling to the most to engage with your community and build your audience I always lean to Instagram Instagram is the most positive uplifting, encouraging place. And I think for anyone that looks to Instagram, it's not, I would, I would consider an inspirational platform, not a comparison platform. And so it's really important that if you're starting your business, that you don't compare yourself to someone who's been doing it for five, 10 years. What's that saying? Like, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's like chapter 30. It's like really important. Even for me, I'm like, Oh, it's amazing. We have a podcast. And I don't even have one episode out. Like, how do I do this? But um, I, I love, love Instagram. And I think um, the, 
the feeling that I get through Instagram and community and connection is, is incredible. Um, YouTube is obviously a great platform for discoverability and use it as that search engine. Pinterest, I'm secretly obsessed and I have a ton of like private boards that I just kind of create. Like I started creating them when I was pregnant for like a nursery. And then when I was starting to decorate and I'm going to be making all of those Pinterest boards public soon, because I'm like, I don't know why I feel like that was like such a personal thing where I'm like, Ooh, I'm, you know, developing my personal taste or who am I as a mom and I'm pin these boards. And now I'm like obsessed with Pinterest where I'm like, wait, I should just share this inspiration for anyone that could be looking for this. And I think at the time, maybe I didn't think that someone would want to. Um, and then Facebook, I still like can't figure out Facebook. So I'm just going to put that out there. I, I don't go on Facebook. Last time I was on Facebook was probably I don't even know, a year ago. And I think that my stuff sometimes auto sends to my Facebook. Um, but I go, I'm talking about like my personal Facebook. I don't go on there. Um, but our branded Facebook uh, is really, if you're looking to upload your content to Facebook, the best thing about that is you do have to kind of, um, I don't know what whether to call it, like pay to play, but using Facebook business is super, super valuable because you can use all the tools um, and you can pay to play. Like if you wanted to do um, even a small amount of promotion, whether it's a local business or um, even something that reaching a certain audience, you can do that. And I think that it, it there's so much to learn and I don't know any great courses about Facebook, maybe boss babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think before you dive into Facebook with your business, whether you've had a business for a while and you want to do it, or you're just starting, um, I don't recommend just treating it like how we treated our Facebook page in college, just like posting and hoping for the best. I think that having a Facebook strategy and knowing all the tools is really great because there's a reason why it's, why it's so great. And then you can also figure out how to, um, promote your posts uh, through audiences, um, to also to Instagram and Instagram stories. So I think Facebook is really, really great, but I feel like I'm not an expert in all the amazing tools. So I'm always like, how do you do this to other people who are much smarter? <laughs> sure. I feel like there's always a learning curve with all the social platforms, especially since their features are always updating. Um, yeah. will tag me Twitter on tag me podcast, Twitter. I post the latest articles about all the platforms, newest features and like how to use them because it can get really confusing. Is there anything that you'd like to share about social or that you're working on that we can support you with? Uh, thank you. Um, so definitely check out my podcast, which is, um, out probably, uh, around the time that this podcast is launching and we're going to be talking a lot about, um, branding and female founders and uh, how to do a lot of things that we're even talking about today and all the things that I don't know, I would love to have guests on to teach us, which is really cool. And, um, and then other than that, I'll be making all my Pinterest boards, pub Pinterest boards public. <laughs> yes. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. Yeah. That. Um, and yeah, anything, anything I can ever do for anyone that's listening um, come over to my Instagram at Katrina Scott. And again, I see everything. I don't live in my DMS. I definitely live in comments. So leave me a comment and I will talk to you as soon as I see your comment. Like I see everything. <laughs>
Thank you so much for being a guest. Katrina's Instagram handle and all the other amazing um, accounts that she also has, including Tone It Ups, will be linked in the episode notes if you want to check yeah. them out there. And come work out with us in the Tone It Up app, especially if you're cooped up at home or if you need a good routine outside. Um, we have the most incredible trainers in the Tone It Up app. And, uh, and we have some really big surprises coming in there too. Woo! Yay! Well, thank you so much for today. Of course. You're so incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tag Me. If you enjoyed it, give us a shout out on Instagram at Tag Me Podcast. Let us know what you learned from the episode. Make sure to subscribe so you're always up to date on Tag Me episodes. If you have feedback on the podcast, guest suggestions, including topics, or you want to be a guest, visit us on Instagram at Tag Me Podcast and click the email button or slide in our DM. This podcast is for you, so please let us know how we can improve. We look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you on social. Don't forget to tag me.